Let's check out your headlines for today. To do that, we will bring in Natalie Lovey from the 980 CFPL Newsroom. Good morning, Natalie. Good morning, Devin. Let's start with a serious crash in the city last night. A pedestrian has suffered life-threatening injuries after the crash in East London. Emergency crews were called to the area of Hamilton Road near Watmer Ave at around 6.30 last night. Investigators say a vehicle struck pedestrian who was rushed to hospital while the driver remained on scene. Now, few other details have been released, but anyone who has information is asked to contact London Police or Crime Stoppers. Let's stick with London police because they say a man reported missing last week has been found in Sudbury. Yeah, officers say 48-year-old Dustin Epp was arrested in connection with an outstanding warrant. Epp is a former Oak Ridge Secondary School teacher who pleaded guilty to four criminal charges, including possession of child pornography and sexual interference after sexual involvement with a student. The charges were laid against him almost three years ago. Epp was scheduled to appear in court last Tuesday for his sentencing hearing, but according to the lawyer representing the victim in a separate civil lawsuit, he did not show up. Police say Epp will now be returned to London. A new water pipeline will soon be installed for a local First Nation. Yeah, construction is expected to begin this spring for a water pipeline to serve the Oneida Nation of the Thames. With a feasibility study recently complete, design work is currently underway for the 18-kilometer pipeline. Currently, Oneida's drinking water is sourced from the Thames River, unlike neighboring non-Indigenous communities, which source their supply from either Lake Erie or Lake Huron. Oneida has been under an official boil water advisory since 2019. Last month, the First Nation issued a state of emergency due to record low water levels. Federal Minister for Indigenous Services Patty Haidu told 980 CFPL the government will assist in funding the pipeline. The exact amount the government will commit has not been determined as of yet. Ottawa is preparing for the first anniversary of the so-called Freedom Convoy. Yes, the first anniversary of the start of the Freedom Convoy approaches, Ottawa's police chief says the force will not allow the conditions to occur that resulted in the protests that paralyzed the city's downtown core for more than three weeks. Eric Stubbs says resources, logistics, traffic, tow trucks, and staffing plans are all in place. On January 28th and 29th of last year, Thousands of people arrived in Ottawa with trucks and big rigs protesting COVID-19 restrictions and the Liberal government. The protests lasted more than three weeks, and a police operation to end the demonstration only unfolded after the federal Liberals invoked the Emergencies Act. Stubbs says residents and businesses will see an increased police presence in the downtown core and its surrounding areas this weekend. But he offered little detail on what police believe may be planned for this weekend or how many demonstrators are expected. Well, I don't know what's going on in Toronto, but there's been some disturbing stories lately of young people swarming people. Yeah, police in Toronto say two transit workers have been injured following a report that close to a dozen youths attacked them on a bus yesterday afternoon. A post on the force's Twitter account says police uh, responded to a report that a group of 10 to 15 youths attacked three uniformed TTC employees on a bus and then ran away. Police later posted that two employees were assaulted and that their injuries were not life-threatening. Police are asking anyone with information to contact them. The Amalgamated Transit Union said in a statement that two of its members were, quote, violently assaulted and have reported physical injuries. Mayor John Tory said in a statement that the incident about the incident that acts of violence and disrespect against transit workers need to end. And there is good news to report on a local fundraiser. 
Yeah, officials say thousands of dollars have already been donated to a fundraiser looking to help deal with London's homelessness crisis. The fundraiser was opened during last week's State of the City Address, which unveiled an upcoming plan that looks to provide a permanent and sustainable system for homelessness. Last week also saw the unveiling of a $25 million donation from an anonymous local family for the upcoming plan. The family offered to uh, donate another $5 million if Londoners match that amount. A fundraiser has been set up by the London Community Foundation, and Director uh, uh, Diane Silva says more than 90 donors have already been or have already given to the cause. Now, as of this morning, more than $60,000 has been raised, the bulk of which came from a $50,000 donation from Libro Credit Union. As for the overall homelessness plan, Mayor Josh Morgan says details will be shared next month. Let's check out what happened on this day in history. In 1797, the first session of the Assembly of Lower Canada opened and dealt with agreements with Upper Canada. In 1848, James Marshall discovered a gold nugget at Sutter's Mill in Northern California, a discovery that led to the gold rush of 1849. In 1903, the boundary between Alaska and Canada was settled in an international commission. The decision largely in favor of America. American interests enraged the Canadian public. In 1935, the New Jersey-based Kruger Brewing Company began test marketing, marketing the first canned beer. It was a cream ale. This happened in Richmond, Virginia. In 1965, former British Prime Minister Winston Churchill died at the age of 90. In 1978, a crippled Soviet satellite, Cosmos 954, with a nuclear reactor aboard, re-entered Earth's atmosphere and disintegrated over the Northwest Territories. Debris from the satellite was found scattered near the eastern tip of Great Slave Lake. The Soviet Union later paid $3 million to cover cleanup costs. In 1984, Apple Computer introduced the Macintosh PC. In 1988, Ben Johnson became the first Canadian track athlete to be named the Associated Press Athlete of the Year. Of course, a few months later at the Seoul Summer Olympics, he tested positive for steroids and was stripped of his 100-meter gold medal. In 1989, George Knudsen, considered the best pro golfer in Canadian history, died of cancer. He was 51. In 1995, O.J. Simpson's murder trial opened in L.A. He was found not guilty in the murders of his ex-wife, Nicole Brown Simpson, and her friend, Ronald Goldman, ending a sensational trial that had riveted the American public. However, he was later found liable in a civil trial. In 2005, a fierce blizzard left much of Atlantic Canada buried under heavy snow, the third blizzard to hit the East Coast in a week. Halifax got 95 centimeters of snow. More than 60 centimeters fell in Newfoundland before turning to freezing rain. In 2006, Mario Lemieux retired for the second and last time from the NHL. And on this day in 2022, a convoy of truckers began their trip from B.C. to Ottawa to protest the federal government's cross-border travel COVID vaccine mandate. They did not have the support of the Canadian Trucking Alliance, which argued this type of demonstration was not safe or an effective way to resist the policy. Happy 12th anniversary to listeners Annie and Edwards. Hope it's a good day. Also, happy birthday to listener Angelina, who turns 45. You share a birthday with Neil Diamond, who turns 80, uh, 82. Ed Helms is 49. Kristen Schaal is 45. And Misha Barton is 37.